0: Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast with your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel. I'm a board-certified pediatrician, husband, and father to boys and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. And today's episode, we are going to talk about stuff. And I have to laugh when I say that because our eight-year-old is very much um, against me using the word stuff because he learned at school that when you use the word stuff, when you're writing stories, it's not very descriptive and you can't use it. So anytime I say stuff, he yells at me. So... If he's listening, Gavin, I said stuff, I'm sorry. But what I mean by stuff is all of the things that we collect in life and how it affects our ability to parent and how our kids kind of view the world around them. Now, you may be asking why I'm talking about this topic, and the reason I am talking about this topic is because we are in the middle of a move, and if any of you have moved recently, it's very easy to see how much stuff you collect over time, right? So we have been in the process of building a house since kind of late 2020 and if you have followed me on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that you have probably seen my exciting talk about it and my frustrated talk about it because if you've ever built a house it can be frustrating. Now, I'll say this, our builders have actually been really good in terms of all the little parts to the house like that part's gone completely smoothly. The problem is the supply issue right now because thanks to COVID and everything else, we can't get anything, right? And if you've been building a house late 2020 into 2021, you've probably run into this problem too. Wood prices have gone up. It was difficult for our builders to get the mudding for the drywall and all these things. So initially, our house was supposed to be done at the end of May. That ain't happening. We'll be lucky to get it done by July. Sometime is what they're telling us, and um, that's again, that's not their fault. It, I mean, it's supply. You can't force things if it doesn't exist. And so, we have this fun situation now because our house is going to be sold in June. We've already just—it's dis- already been decided. It's already on um, been signed off on and things like that. So we have this weird gap time in June, July maybe August. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens with the building where we don't have a house or a place to live. And we live in an area that we don't have family around us. We don't have that kind of situation where we can go stay at grandma and grandpa's for a month or something like that. So we got to spend the day today calling, I don't know how many (laughs) places for short-term leasing options. Um, I looked at short-term rentals through Airbnb and lord knows i'm not going to do that based on what's available out there in our area and the price and the fact that the cheapest not even the cheapest options but options that are there are like one bedroom like hey you get one room in our house and i'm just like "Mm, no that's not gonna happen because i have there's four of us and a cat and that probably won't work so that option's out the door we looked at staying at hotels it's an option but not a very cheap one um But we luckily have found a couple options that we're looking at for apartments, which is great. Shortest term lease, three months, which stinks because, well, we probably won't use it for three months. But you know what? We're just going to roll with it and accept what the universe gives us. But here's the fun thing is all of these apartments, they're two bedrooms. We live in a two-floor house with a basement That is, let's see how many bedrooms we got four bedrooms, five bathrooms, a den, living room, kitchen, finished basement, very large master suite in our current house. I mean, our current house isn't bad by any means. We just wanted to build a house that matched what we wanted. And so we're gonna go from a very big space to a very little space. And it's gonna be very interesting to see what that transition's like because, like I said, we have accumulated many, many things. And I think that happens to all of us. Right. You buy a house and you feel like you got to fill it. You have to fill it with all kinds of um, gadgets and furniture and, and all these things. And when you buy your bigger house, it feels like you need to fill it even more. And it's that lifestyle creep right? You get into it. And when you talk to people, you know, I've heard Jimmy Turner talk about this on his podcast with Physician Philosopher, as well as his podcast with Money Meat Medicine that he does with Ryan Inman, and um, the whole concept of this lifestyle creep, and you know, you feel like you have to fill this space. And when you look at, you know, the six B's, involving being a physician dad that I talk about. And you look at that bucks, the, the money part of it, you know, this isn't talking about, say, your finances in respect of, you know, are you investing? Are you saving for retirement? But how are you spending your money? Are you spending money on a bunch of things that you really just don't need? And that not only goes with your house, but it goes with your kids as well. Think about all the toys think about all the clothes, think about all of the activities, think about um, maybe even the things that you added to your house for your children. You know, I use our house as an example. When our younger son was younger, and we knew we were having a second child coming along, we said, hey, we need a swing set in our backyard. So we went, and of course, we had to buy one of the more expensive swing sets. I'm not going to get into details on that because I'm still frustrated with myself for doing this because this was back before I even thought about money back then. And but we had this mindset like, hey, they're going to love this thing. They're going to use it so much. We're not having to go anywhere. And sadly, the only time our children use this swing set is when their friends are over. And of course, with COVID lately, that hasn't been very often. So um, we spent all this money on this swing set that was really not worth it. And that's frustrating thinking about it. But at the time, we were telling ourselves, hey, we're doing this for our kids. This is an investment in our kids, like fun at home and memories and, and yada, yada, which is great, except we didn't really think it through. Um, and yeah, didn't work out too well there. So when you think about your kids and their thoughts on how do you use money, you know, when you talk, listen to a lot of financial podcasts, um, they talk about money being a tool, which it is, right? The little piece of paper in your wallet doesn't really have any true intrinsic value. I mean, it has whatever our fiat currency calls it is, as is value. But that paper by itself, you know, if the world fell apart, you couldn't do anything with it, right? And so money is just one tool of many that we use in our lives. And the question is how to use that tool for your life. And how are you teaching your kids to use that tool for their life? You know, if your kids see you buying All kinds of things all the time, they're going to think that that's what they're supposed to do later in life, right? They're not going to respect that tool very much. They're going to think that, oh, I can use the money for this and I can spend money in this, spend money in this. And if you don't look at the concept of saving, if you don't look at the concept of being frugal in certain situations, your kids are never going to learn those topics. You know, if your child really likes Paw Patrol and you decide that for Christmas, you know their favorite is rubble. But Rubble needs friends to play with, so you buy every single Paw Patrol character for them for Christmas, they're going to think that every time they want something, they're going to need every single one. You know, I think for me as a dad, I grew up with two sisters. And so, and my sisters weren't, you know, if you want to go through stereotypes, they weren't the girly girl type of, you know, we weren't, we didn't have a whole bunch of like fluffy tutus and pink stuff all throughout the house or anything like that. You know, I played... Sports with my sisters and everything like that. Again, I am not trying to get into gender roles or gender identities and um, the stereotypical what what are boys like and what are girls like. I don't want to get into that topic because that's a big topic, which I, at some point I want to talk about on here. Um, but you know, still growing up, I didn't always have all like the boy toys, if you want to call it that. Or you know, I grew up with a twin sister; she wasn't really into roughhousing with me. I still have memories of being like, Ali, do you want to fight? And she was like, no. (laughs) So, but I see my boys, they absolutely fight with each other. Um, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but you know, so when I had our kids, when we had our kids, I didn't have the kids, obviously my wife did. Um, and I knew we were having boys. I was like, yes, I'm going to play with all these cool toys with them and do all these things that I wish I did as a kid. And so of course, Legos were a big thing growing up for me. And so we bought all these Legos. Now the thing with Legos is they've come apart, they get put back together, which is fine. You know, kids, it's great to use creativity when you're talking about toys. And you'll hear me talk about that. You know, I always talk about my recommendations to parents, especially new parents when they're buying things for their kids is buy boring toys. If they don't require batteries, you're doing a good job because if you're buying your babies toys that have lights and flashing sounds and all this stuff. Like, I mean, it's just everything. They don't have to do anything, right? They just sit there and, and watch it. And they don't learn how to use their imagination and they don't develop the way they're supposed to. The brain doesn't develop as well in terms of all the social skills, the physical skills, the, the fine motor skills, all those things. And so I always recommend buy boring toys so that your infant or your toddler needs to learn to use their imagination or their body to get pleasure out of using that toy. Now, when it comes to Legos with our children, I made the error looking at them and saying, Oh, this is a really cool toy. And it's of course the big ones that cost. I'm not even going to say how much, but like, Oh, my kid really likes Ninjago Legos right now. And it's Christmas and they have this huge Lego. It's the destiny's bounty. If you know what Ninjago is, if not, it's the big ship. And I was like, gosh, if I was a kid at his age and Christmas came around, I, I know I would love to get this. And I know he's asked about it before in the past. So this is going to be that his, his big Christmas present, let's say for older son. So we got it for him. Now, I had to save it for a few months because it was going to go out of stock and in, in, the, in the Lego stores and stuff like that at that point. So it had been sitting in, in the basement for a couple of months. So Christmas rolls around, and, of course, he gets, like, little Legos. Like, and not little Legos. I mean, like, little sets that weren't too expensive. And then he gets to his big one, and you, he opens this big one, and I'm really excited to see how he responds. He's like, oh, okay thanks. And I'm just like, are you serious? I spent so much money on this thing. And I was like, you know what? It's cool. He's just overwhelmed. We're going to put this thing together and he's going to have a great time with it. So, you know, he likes to build. So we got this big set out had a couple, like a thousand pieces. I don't even remember now. And it took a while to build it. And it was fun. We had that time together. We built this thing. It has all these little compartments. And so I was like, great. He's going to have so much fun playing with this hours of excitement. Right. Well, after this giant ship was built, it was put in his room on the table and was never touched again. Because, number one, it was too big for him to play with. Even at his age, I mean it was just too big. He, number two, he said he was scared he was going to break it. But then the problem is, is number three, when you look at it, it had so many little pieces and parts in this and that, it did not leave room for imagination. It already did it all for him, right? It already had a room for this, and it already had a space for this and it, the imagination aspect wasn't there. Whereas those little Legos that he got that were really small and they were just kind of complimentary. He still plays with those to this day. I mean, we're talking out, a year out from that. And he still plays with them and he'll put them away maybe for a month and go back to them and start playing with them again for three or four months. And that's because those smaller toys, although they're, they're they have a model, you know, they have a structure to them. They're easily, um, Adaptable, so he can add pieces to it, he can take pieces away and make it his own. Um, If it breaks, it's easy to put back together and it's easy to manipulate and play with and it requires more imagination. And so, in my mindset initially, I'm buying this bigger type of Lego set for him thinking, oh, he's really going to love this and appreciate it, but I'm not remembering that, no, he doesn't matter how big or how much this thing is. How much, the, the question is, is how much Playtime and fun. Can he get out of it? And that's the thing is you don't have to have these big, crazy, extravagant toys for your kids, for them to enjoy them. And I think if you're a parent out there, you've probably experienced this where you've gotten the big, you know, they, it's either a birthday or Christmas and there's that one big thing they want. And then the little things, and usually they get that big thing and they might act really excited that first day, or maybe even the first week. And then it never gets touched again, right? And it gets added to the storage until next year when they get their new big thing that doesn't really ever get played with. And so this is what we're kind of coming to grips with now in our house. You know, we've gotten some stuff packed away, not much though. And now we're going to have to get it packed away and it's going to get stored somewhere. And we as a family are going to be put into a situation where we are used to being in this larger home. And we're going to be put into a small home and by home, I mean apartment, probably with two bedrooms, two bathrooms, a small kitchen, a small area for a table. And that's really it, right? So we are going to be resetting our mindsets on what do we really need in life? And, you know, probably for the first few hours, when I found out that our house really wasn't going to be done until much later than we planned, I was kind of frustrated and, and kind of frustrated as being, putting it lightly. But then I had to tell myself, you know what, there's nothing you can do about this. There's nothing I can do personally that's going to make this go faster. Um, and so how am I going to approach this? How am I going to act about it? And really that mindset was, okay, you know what? We're going to find a place to stay. It's going to be much smaller than what we're used to now. It's going to have much less things in it. And what that's going to do for us is number one, less space means we're around each other more. We're going to have to learn to love each other more, which is, not a bad thing. Number two, there's going to be very minimal items in that house or in that apartment. And our kids are going to have to choose. Okay. You know what? You guys get to take a few toys with you. What do you want to have? What's your primary ones that you want to have at the house? My guess is going to be Legos, but these are going to be what they choose. And they're going to have to learn to go back and live with less things And I'm actually really excited about that because I know we as parents, my wife and I just not meaning to, but we have fostered this mindset of things, right? Of having lots of stuff around the house, lots of things to do. Even though we have lots of stuff, they still say, I'm bored. I don't have anything to play with. I'm sure you can relate to that too out there. That no matter how many things you have in the house, your kids are still bored. But I'm really hopeful that this time that we spend there And this apartment is going to bring us together closer as a family and not only help our kids, but help me and my wife with going back to that mindset of you don't need a lot of stuff. You don't need a lot of things around you to live the life you want to live. Now, the biggest challenge I think for us is then going to be going from that apartment to our new house when it's finished and carrying that mindset over there. So that's going to be the big challenge is going from one setting to a whole big setting. And that's kind of like when you talk to, um, again, um, you, you listen to Ryan Inman's podcast with Financial Residency or you listen to um, Jimmy Turner with Physician Philosopher or their podcast together with Money Meets Medicine. You may listen to Dr. Jim Dolly with White Coat Investor. But that whole lifestyle creep when you leave residency to become an attending, you know, you go from a low seller to such a high seller and it's like, oh, I'm going to buy all these things or I have all this space now or I got my doctor house. I need to fill it. There's that aspect. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I kind of screwed that up the first time, right? I went from residency to attending and I was like, yay, I get all these things now. Um, And my mindset's different now. You know, I'm, I'm eight years out from that. And my mindset's totally different on what is important in life and where do my, where does my money go and where do my interests go and how am I going to invest that? And I'm hopeful, I'm very, very hopeful that we'll go from this setting of having smaller space and not a lot of room for things to this larger space and that mindset will carry on there. Now, will we have to have a couch? Sure. Will we have to have our beds and our bedrooms? Sure. But I'm really hopeful that we're not going to go back to that fill the space, fill the space, fill the space type of mindset. Now, I just want to say, I recognize as I'm talking here that this is a very pl- privileged type of conversation. I get it. I totally understand because I'm talking about going from a large house to a smart house and, oh, was me? How are we going to manage when there's millions and millions and millions and millions of people out there, especially in our country, living in smaller settings, and they don't have a lot of things. And I totally recognize this. So please don't come at me with that. This is, I, I get it. And people deal with this on a daily basis. I'm just talking about this from a mindset from being a physician and being a dad. And the fact that I've allowed the lifestyle creep of being a physician based on my salary affect our family, possibly in a negative way going forward. You know, we work really hard on talking with our kids about money and and to respect it and all of those concepts, but I recognize that the accumulation of stuff can extremely very easily negate all that conversation. And so hopefully this will be a learning experience for all of us and will help us all grow and help us not just respect money, but respect that time that we have with one another. Cause again, there's not going to be anywhere for any of us to hide in this apartment. So we're going to have to hug and love and be happy with each other. All right. Let me know what you guys think. I mean, has a lifestyle creep affected you? Do you notice the things just accumulating around you? And how are you going to change that? And how are you going to teach your kids about that? How are you going to show them how to respect the materials around you versus things like experiences, that time spent with family, and all of those topics? All right, think about it, guys. This Friday, We'll see what the topic is. I'm not sure yet how I'm going to apply it to this week. Because to be honest, we just figured out today that we're having to find an apartment for these few months. So my brain's still a little right now. So, But we'll see. Maybe this Friday's going to be a quick update on where we're at in the search and where my mindset is at that time. Hopefully it'll be the same thing. All right, guys, take it easy. I'll see you next Wednesday. Oh, and remember, if you haven't, subscribed, leave a review. Appreciate all the reviews and... You know, I just really want to reach as many dads out there, especially physician dads on these topics and, you know, get them listening because I really feel like there's so much that we can all work on as dads. And, you know, I talk about the six B's being your brain, your business, your better half, your bucks, your beliefs, your body, you know, I talk about all that, um, And there's a reason I talk about all that. And you can always make changes with these things. And even if you're not making a change, maybe you're trying to change your mindset on one of these. And right now, I'm trying to change that mindset on the buck side with all this stuff here. So always remember that. Every day, 1% better. You got this. We'll see you next week, guys. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.